Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, it's uh, just a few weeks now into January, and so how many of you have already failed at your New Year's resolutions? Probably most of us, (laughs) like most, if you even chose to do that. And, you know, as we make these New Year's resolutions, it seems like we do it every year, and then we fail at them, and then immediately I feel not so great (laughs) at failing. I don't feel so encouraged to keep going at it. Maybe you're kind of in that mood, not feeling so encouraged, not feeling so great about yourself, and thinking about, you know, Pastor Bill's sermon last Sunday when he uh, helpfully helped us think about when someone is asking us, how are we doing? That because we know Jesus Christ is the light of the world, you can say that I'm doing great, good. So someone remembered. (laughs) Remembering, right? You know, I'm doing great, right? I'm doing great. Because I know Jesus Christ, the light of the world. But then really, you, you, think, you still think about it. You're, I know for me, on Monday he asked me how I'm doing. I said, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> so I didn't really take it too hard. It's because I'm just thinking. Like, what I think about is I'm not really all doing so great. You know, I'm just kind of okay. Maybe you're just kind of feeling like today, you know, you really ask me honestly how I really feel. The best I can muster is I'm surviving. I'm surviving. So what do we do, right? You know, we know that I am really great. I know Christ, the light of the world. I just, I just need that encouragement. Encouragement, I need it. We all need it. We all need this encouragement. And that encouragement begins with this truth. The truth that God is as truly beautiful and as lovely as he says he is. As, as he is revealed in Jesus Christ, and especially Jesus on the cross. We see the heart of God open wide to us and clear to us that this truth, that God's love is unceasing, it is unending, it is present with you in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every incredible brokenness. And that is the truth to encourage us. That truth to encourage us regardless of the situation that we are in, no matter how dark or how wonderful today might be, it's this word of encouragement. It will always hold true as we get inside of that truth. You say, how do I get in it? Or I know this truth. Right? I think that's, you know, that's why we're here on this. You know, in St. Louis, this little ice is dangerous to you, right? Uh, you'll grow up as, you know, somewhere else, right? Minnesota, right? This is no big deal. Uh, but, you know, that's why you're here. It's because you know this truth. That's why we're coming to worship. But, you know, how do I get that truth? How do I really get into it? How do I get in it? That we don't just merely believe it, but to walk in it. To live in this truth. In our epistle today, we heard this. We, that we were buried, with, therefore, with Christ by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We're buried with Christ in our baptism. It's great for us today to remember our baptism, to take a a special moment to really highlight that for those who were baptized this last year. But it's something for us to remember every day, that we're always putting on our baptism, to always remember that we are baptized into Christ Jesus, that we always have died with him so that we might walk in newness of life with him. But a lot of us, we know this truth, right? We know this truth. That we're buried with Christ. So, uh, the Apostle John, he gets at it this way in 3 John when he says, 
that it gave me great joy when I heard that some believers told me of your faithfulness to the truth of how you continue to walk in it. And I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in this truth. You see, what amazes me here is that uh, the apostle is not so impressed that they believe. He's not really impressed that more have come to believe. Often that's kind of what we think. Oh, look how great numbers that we have. What's we get impressed with? What he is impressed with is that they walk in the faith. That they walk in this newness of life. They live in it. So what's the difference between just believing, knowing the truth, and walking in the truth? C.S. Lewis, in an essay called Meditations in a Tool Shed, I think he gives us maybe a little helpful idea to picture how the difference between these two. In the, in the essay, he says that there was a tool shed he, would go in, he went into, and inside the tool shed, there, it was just totally dark, you know, all dark, except for this little beam of light that was coming in a, between the door and the, the, the door frame of the door, a beam of light could come in. And as he looked at the beam of light, everything around him was still dark, still darkness, uh, but in the beam of light, he could notice maybe the dust that was uh, floating in it, maybe the color of the light, but that was about it. Everything really was still dark around him. But then he says he took a step into the light, and he could look into that light along that whole beam, and then he could see no longer anything dark. What he saw now was above the, that space, he could see there was a tree beyond it, and then he could see the clouds. And he says, 90 billion miles away, I could see the sun. No longer was anything darkness around him. That he could experience the fullness of that, that light, that being. That's kind of the difference of just knowing that the light is there and experiencing the light. We can know the truth that God is there, or we can experience the truth of God. There is more to the Christian faith than simply accepting truth, but it is to live in it, to experience Jesus as the truth. And we can experience him as truth when we come into a relationship with him. It's then that we experience the truth that Jesus is the hope for a confused world. So we can either merely settle, we'll call it settling for the beauty of God, to look at him as a sunbeam, as enough, or we can experience him. We can look along him and experience our faith, our hope come alive, and be encouraged, even in the darkest of days. See, if all we're doing is just giving assent to truths of God and don't live in him, then there is no difference between us and those who just don't believe these things. You know, survey after survey of, of, of Amer- in America of Christians and their faith and their behaviors find that in America it's about 70 to 80%, somewhere in there, uh, of people that would assent, uh, agree with the basic truths of the Christian faith, of that of the Apostles' Creed. You know, they could sit here this morning, and as we ask those questions at the font this morning, could say, yes, I believe those things, yes. I believe that Jesus you know, is a true man, true God. I believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Trinity. They, they believe those things. But when you ask them now, how do you behave? What do you do? You find that there is no difference between those who say, I believe those, that stuff, and those who don't. 
you find no difference in their life. You find the same rate of divorce, the same rate of abortions, you find the same rate of uh, domestic violence in their homes. Uh, ex- no difference, no difference. And you say, how can that really be? And that's because, because all of us, me too, right? I, I've internalized uh, the truth of the world and not really the truth of God. And so what often happens is we just end up being just like everyone else, but we add this little list of strange stories that we somehow believe, but no one else does. See, our most important task as being disciples of Jesus is to internalize, to really get this truth into our life, into our hearts, to live in it, breathe in it, to embody it. And we need to get this in every moment of our day, to walk in this truth, this newness of life, and stop merely just believing, but walk in it. And it's difficult. I'm not saying I'm very great at it. I need an encouragement too. And thankfully today we hear from God's word that St. Paul says this, his way about it, he says is this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Don't let the schemes of the world, the systems of the world, be our operating system, but by the renewing of our mind with the truth of our identity, that's why it's good to remember our baptism continually, to be renewing our mind of who we really are. Remember who God really is. And that we have this wholeness and this beauty of heaven to, that's in our daily life so that we can live out this truth and this beauty and our wholeness in everyday life. To not let the world's assumptions be ours and the world's ways be our ways. That we can be different, and the way that we're different is by the renewing of our mind. To daily be thinking differently. And that we do that again and again and again. That's how we're transformed. To not merely experience uh, or to know the truth of God, but to experience and to step into the beauty of God. And there to really find that we are great. That we are doing great. Even when life is crushing around us. That's, that's the most important part of our discipleship is to get control of our mind, control of our thinking. The scripture tells us that whatever is good and whatever is perfect, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, whatever is true, those things that build us up, those are the things that we should be thinking about. All the other stuff, don't think about that stuff. (laughs) If it tears people down, don't think about it. If it's ugly, don't think about that. St. Paul says that we are to hold captive every thought to Christ. Hold every thought captive to Christ. And I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> They're not always so great. Especially, you know, my immediate thoughts are often. <laughs> got to put a bridle to the tongue, right? Got to hold those thoughts captive to Christ. And it's when we do these things that we're able then to transform the way that, that we can see the world. And the way that we live in this world. And so it's getting kind of a vision of the future. This vision that we too will be raised just as Christ was raised to the glory of the Father so that we might walk in the newness of life. This faith is is getting this truth, letting that truth of the future change my day today to encourage me then to live contrary to the world because it is not easy. It's so easy because our default way is to be the way that the world is, to think the way the world thinks. To not just be looking at my, my faith and not be looking at my beliefs, but to step into that truth. There's a difference between believing it and living it. 
to renew our mind. And renewing our mind is not simply telling ourselves truths again and again. It's not simply having a mantra that we repeat throughout the day. But it's to be, have a, a more vivid and a more concrete uh, image of what it is really like. And so we say, well, let's put on our baptism, right? We know that phrase as Lutherans, put on your baptism every day. Okay, sometimes for me, that's just, I remember this, oh yeah, I'm baptized, and that's kind of where it ends. But to say every day I should imagine, what is that really like? What is today going to be like because I'm baptized? And to imagine that before the day even starts. Put that into very concrete images for you. Imagine what it really is like that God is going to make today different because I'm baptized. This is how we're wired. God made us this way. That our brain works this way, that the more concrete, the more vivid, the more imaginative we can think of something, the more real it is. And the more it will happen for us. The more real you can make it. You see, information doesn't really change us. And so I think of you know, New Year's resolutions, and most of those are based on information, like I'm going to diet. So you know, the doctor just told me, you need to do all these things. <laughs> so I can tell, you know, I've gained and lost, I think, over 100 pounds. Right? And so I can lose it pretty quick. I know, how to, I know how to do it. I've got the information. You do it fast, but it doesn't change anything, really. It doesn't really change my life. Because it's just really information. That's all that that was. And I haven't really gotten a a vivid picture of what it would be like if I weren't eating garbage, right? I just haven't gotten that. I don't know how to get there yet. That's just kind of the wholeness and health health that we have in life. But you can think of a myriad of other things in life that we have lots of good information about. But why do we not change? Why is today seems like just like yesterday, whether as individuals or as a world, that we know these things are true, but we don't really do anything about it? It's because we have not gotten this vividness, imagining what it really would be like. And we need to, you see, then that's, without that, it's, um, it's really discouraging, right, that nothing really seems to change. But the good news is infallibly encouraging. The good news is always infallibly encouraging. It's infallible because it does not change. It doesn't change no matter what the situation, no matter the circumstances, no matter how you do in excel at things or achieve at things, it's still the same. The same good news. It doesn't matter today is dark and broken. doesn't matter today is, is joyous and wonderful. doesn't matter. It's always the same. And here's some good news. It's Romans 8, verse 18. The great good news from Scripture when St. Paul says I, that I consider our present sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And every time I read that, I think that's the craziest thing ever to be said. How, what, what do you mean? That the, my, my suffering is not worth comparing to something else? I mean, I, I think all of the world's suffering, you know, the Holocaust, you know, year, hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery, of slavery today, uh, abuse of children, the kidnappings and murder and Every war, um, depression and sadness, uh, broken families, uh, all my fears, all of that? You're saying that, that all of that is not worth comparing to the glory of God? That just seems crazy. Well, Isaiah tells us this of how we can really say that. Why it really is not worth comparing. Because he says this morning that a bruised reed. The Savior will not break. 
a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged until he has established justice in the earth and that the coastlands wait for his law. And thus says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, spirit to those who walk on it. And he says, I am the Lord. I've called you in righteousness. I'll take you by hand and I will keep you. God's love, his provision, his care is so much greater than my suffering, your suffering, all the suffering of the world. It's so much greater because he will not snuff you out. He will not let you break. And he doesn't grow tired. And he doesn't grow weak. He doesn't wear out. He doesn't get annoyed with you and say you're too much trouble. It's the one who created everything, the one who gave you life, who calls you. He takes you by hand. He is gentle. And so every horrible thing, every terrible situation, everything that we fear, God is just greater than that. His glory is greater than that. In his glory is his presence and his closeness to you in the midst of this broken world. And so if you feel discouraged, or I might say when you feel discouraged, renew your mind with this truth. The one truth that will combat every discouragement that you have. That you are loved. That you can experience his love. And his love is the fuel for the kingdom. Let God breathe that love into you. Encourage you so that you can stand in the beam of his glory. Amen. And then may a peace of God which passes all understanding. May it guard your heart and your mind in the true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.